Trading at Schwab is now powered by Ameritrade, unlocking the power of Thinkorswim, the award-winning trading platforms loaded with features that let you dive deeper into the market. Visualize your trades in a new light on Thinkorswim Desktop with robust charting and analysis tools, all while you uncover new opportunities with up-to-the-minute market news and insights. Thinkorswim is available on desktop, web, and mobile to meet you where you are. It's built by the trading obsessed to help you trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes. My co-host, Pim Fox, is on a well-deserved vacation this week. We're going to continue. Fed Reserve in focus, now taking a look at what we have heard from Fed officials the last few days, including Fed Vice Chair Stanley Fisher right here on Bloomberg Radio and Television. What does it all mean for the bond market if the Fed is seriously considering an interest rate increase in September? Our next guest, Mark Grant from Hillside, excuse me, Hilltop Security says, hmm, not so good. Well, he's always so good, and that's Charlie Pellet. He is in the newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you very much, Kathleen Hayes. You're way too kind to dial the S&P. NASDAQ, not so kind today. Stocks declining, a sell-off in oil, sending stocks slumping, and we are brought to you by National Realty, providers of 100 100% satisfaction guaranteed New York City Realty Investments. See them at nria.net. The S&P 500 index has erased its monthly gain. Traders are awaiting Friday's jobs data to assess the outlook for interest rates in the U.S. economy. Energy producers dragging down equities as crude oil trades below $45 a barrel after a report showed American stockpiles climb by more than projected. Chris Gersh is director of strategy at Bell Curve Capital and on Bloomberg Television this morning he talked about the bigger picture for oil and oil prices. With Iran and Saudi Arabia ramping up production um, there, and also the strong dollar really causing uh, what a lot of people perceive to be a, a slowdown in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, we believe that the WTI contract and it will you know correlate to Brent and pull that down will be setting a new range here below 46 handle. And right now we do have West Texas Intermediate at 44.72 down three and a half percent. Brent crude is down 2.8 percent. The 10-year the yield there 1.56 percent. The S&P down eight to 21.67 a drop of four tenths of one percent. 
The Nasdaq Composite Index down 14 points, a drop of three-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials down 72, a drop of four-tenths of one percent. 232 on Wall Street now. Let's look at other stories making news from around the world. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Matt Miller. This news update is brought to you by Willoughby's. Since 1898, New York City's boutique camera store for precision-crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action adventure cameras, Willoughby's, corner of 5th Avenue and 31st Street. Brazil's Senate has overwhelmingly voted to confirm Dilma Rousseff's impeachment today. Bloomberg's Anna Edgerton is in Brasilia with more. In a surprise twist, the chamber decided against the harshest possible punishment that would have banned her from running for public office for eight years. After her vice president, Michelle Temer, is officially sworn in this afternoon, she will travel to China for the G20 summit. Temer, who has been running the country since May when the impeachment process began in the Senate, will record a pronouncement to be broadcast on state TV later tonight. Anna Edgerton, Bloomberg Radio, Brasilia. Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump is in Mexico today for a private meeting with Mexico's president. Campaign manager Kellyanne Conway spoke about that during an appearance on With All Due Respect on Bloomberg Television. There are many tenets to his plan. I think they're incredibly important for everyone to remember. Build a wall, which has been the signature of his campaign since practically day one. That's that's there. No amnesty, no legalization, no sanctuary cities. Um, sanctuary cities have become a very uh, inflection, very important inflection point in this campaign. Investigators are considering sun glare as a possible factor in an accident involving a group of kayakers and a New York waterway ferry on the Hudson River. At least 11 people were injured, one critically nearly losing an arm. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by over 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Matt Miller. This is Bloomberg. And we thank you. And again, recapping, the Dow, the S&P, and NASDAQ all declining today. The S&P 500 index are now lower by 8 points to 2167, a drop there of four-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Kathleen Hayes. My co-host, Kim Fox, is on vacation this week, so he's going to miss a very terrific conversation now with Mark Grant, Chief Fixed Income Strategist, Hilltop Securities. We know him as the wizard for all his insightful comments on the U.S. government bond market and more. He has been uh, one of the biggest bulls uh, so far over the last couple of years and continues to look for further gains in bonds, particularly if the Fed missteps. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kathleen. Always a pleasure to be with you. Well, uh, let's start with, um, well, there's so many places, but you know, post Jackson Hole, post Stan Fisher saying negative rates he thinks are working, et cetera. Very interesting, I think, and maybe a little more nuanced. Charlie Evans, uh, president of Chicago Fed and Eric Rosengren, president of the Boston Fed, speaking on a panel. I don't think they're exactly opposed to each other, but Charlie Evans focusing on, uh, Rates could stay low for a longer time than people thought, according to his business contacts. The Fed could move slowly. Eric Rosengren a little bit worried about excesses that could be building up in places like commercial real estate as a risk of the Fed moving too slow. What do you see? Well, I think if the Fed does raise rates, it will be a huge mistake on two fronts. One, politically, it will be a mistake because... Whoever might win the election is not going to be happy with the Fed if the Fed causes a disruption in the American economy. Two, in terms of the um, 
economics of it, if you look at what happens when the Fed raises rates, it means that commercial real estate, residential real estate, uh, commercial loans, uh, personal loans, everything becomes more expensive that are tied to the short end and may throw the economy into some kind of recession. And uh, that means that you're going to get a flatter yield curve than we have now or maybe even go into an inverted yield curve. And I think it would just be very negative for the country on both counts. Well, Mark, I guess your argument, if you want to raise rates pretty soon, is you say, hey, wait a minute, you know, you've got to look at the jobs market. The labor market is growing just fine. We might get a strong jobs report on Friday. In, in a situation like that, people can afford to pay a little bit more for the money they borrow because they're making more money and they'd rather have more demand and more business and making more money than, than they would care about keeping the rate low. See what I mean? Well, there are two parts to that argument. One is you have to look at the quality of jobs, and two, you have to look at the productivity in the job markets, and both are not uh, very good. We've had some more jobs added. There's no question about that. But when you look at what kind of jobs they are, and then you look at the productivity in the labor force, it certainly looks uh, less optimistic. And then again, also, I think you have to look at the inflation rate. And with oil now plunging down again, which has a big impact on inflation, it means the Fed's going to be nowhere near their desired goal of 2%. So I think those are the... uh, offsetting parts. And the, and the third big part of it is what the other central banks in the world are doing. So we now, according to Fitch, have $13.7 trillion in negative yielding bonds across the world. Uh, bonds in Europe and in Japan are substantially uh, less yield than we have in the United States. So all you're going to do is drag in more foreign money into the U.S. Mm-hmm. market, which is what one of the major reasons I think yields even here are going down, because we're the last man standing with uh, positive yields. Hey, but the Japanese Bank of Japan might say, thank you very much, Federal Reserve. We've been trying like crazy to weaken our yen. If we have divergence, if the, if the Fed hikes and the dollar rises and the BOJ goes the other way, adds more stimulus and the yen weakens, they'd be very happy. This is their big bugaboo. Well, I think the uh, Fed, as you may recall, as I'm not only recall, as I know you know, is the central bank of the United States. It's not the central bank of Japan. And consequently, the Fed should be doing what it can for our country. Plus, whoever's elected president, uh, they both are talking about very, uh, 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 you know, huge growth in infrastructure. Uh, they're coming at it from different patterns, but it's going to be even more debt for the Treasury. And the uh, Fed should be trying to hold rates down to accommodate that, in my opinion. Now, let's say the Fed raises rates, and you're right, and it's the wrong thing to do, and the economy really slows down. That would just wouldn't that just open the door to another big leg uh, of a bond rally that pushes yields even lower and prices even higher? Absolutely, Kathleen. You've got that exactly right. So, where are bond yields going, Mark? Well, I think we're going to one and a quarter on the 10-year by year end. I've said that uh, since uh, around February when uh, the 10-year was at a 177. We're at a 156 today. Uh, But I think uh, we're going to go back lower just because we have the only uh, place in the world, as I said, with uh, positive yields. I mean, it's like we're the last man standing. And uh, then whoever's elected president wants to do more in terms of uh, government infrastructure and growth. And uh, the only way to really pay for that without causing even more massive problems is to lower interest rates. So the Fed may, in fact, at some point, reverse course 
and add more to their balance sheet than the $4 trillion they already have. About 10 seconds. You still a fan of closed-end bond funds? I think closed-end bond funds where if you pick the right ones, you can get about 10% of the best option, especially for any person right now. Well, Mark Grant, Mr. Wizard, the wizard, we thank you so much for joining us. He's Chief Fixed Income Strategist at Hilltop Securities based in Fort Lauderdale. What a lovely place to be. He said it would be a huge mistake. For the Fed to raise rates now, it's an election year. You're going to stir up a hornet's nest, and you're going to make money cost more. And that's going to hurt commercial real estate and residential real estate and more. I'm Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg. Fed in Focus is brought to you by Willoughby since 1898, New York City's boutique camera store for precision-crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action-adventure cameras. Willoughby's at the corner of 5th Avenue and 31st Street. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.